Fickle. 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 Do you hear the sheep? Listen to them. I say something and they say? They're reciting something stupid from 20 years ago, but they can't help themselves. I kicked one man in the groin on one day. These people harm the earth every single day with their needless consumption. Every single day they drink their plastic water bottles. Every single day they eat their factory farmed meat which emits methane into the atmosphere which causes permanent change to the climate. If you want to count sins, if you want to count sins, I kicked one man in the groin on one day. These people commit countless atrocities against the earth and future generations every single day, every single week, every single month, every single year. Count the sins! This is my yard now. Who wants to walk with Elias? The new Daniel Bryan. The WWE Champion! Welcome to the official wrestling newspaper podcast. We are back with episode 4 of your weekly wrestling newspaper. Tonight we're going to be talking about a number of things. We're going to be some reviewing Raw, Smackdown. Um, we're going to be going through everything basically. WWE, we're going to be talking about your independence. I've watched quite a few shows this week. We'll be talking about some of them. We'll be talking about all the news, notes, everything you could wish from this week in wrestling. Um. Basically, I went to a Fight Club Pro show, the 100th show last Friday, so I'm going to be talking in detail about that. It was 
Anyway, it was a good, it was a good show. I enjoyed it. Um, there was some good matches. Uh, Pete Dunn teamed up with Miko Satomura in the main event, which was that was really good. Um, I had a nightmare actually. Um, I live about hundred miles away, and as we was, I was setting off, I thought, right, I'll go and fill my tank up with petrol. So, put the key in, and my key gets stuck in the petrol lock, and I thought. Oh no. So I thought I'll just twist it out. So anyway, I twist it out. My key snapped. I was absolutely gutted. I thought, what am I going to do? So luckily, um, my mum had a spare key, so she dropped me one off. But I don't know what I would have done without that. I've still got to replace the key. But I thought, this is a bad start to the day. But I had a good day. The show was good. It was just a bit of a disaster with the key snapping. But. Hey, so anyway, so later on, I'll get into Fight Club Pro, the 100th show. We'll talk through all the matches for you. Um, I watched a Rev Pro show with Pac, otherwise known as Neville, against Speedball Mike Bailey. Uh, that was a good show, so we'll be talking about that. We've got all the news, everything you could wish to know about the world of wrestling this week, really. That's why we're called the Wrestling Newspaper, front to back. Right, so we're going to begin by talking about Monday Night Raw. Now, the December 3rd show, it drew the lowest rating of the modern era for Monday Night Raw. And I feel like I hear headlines like this all the time. So, I'm a bit hesitant to be too bothered about it, really. But, as I say, apparently this was the lowest rated Raw of the modern era. Um, the show itself was it was alright. Um, but it was coming off the show, which got terrible reviews last week. Um so yeah, maybe that was part of the reason why, I don't know if there was some shitty uh, American football match going on, sorry to the American football fans, but yeah, there might have been some match going on maybe, I don't think there was, but hey, who knows. Um, but yeah, this Raw drew the lowest rating of the modern era. As I said, the show had it, had, it was alright, there was parts that were good, I said, I always skip through Raw, I don't watch it in full like I do with Smackdown. So that's probably why I don't mind it as much as everyone else. Or so I can't be bothered with all the adverts that you get on Raw. Over here in in the UK, you get an advert every 15 minutes, whereas in America, it feels like it's every six or seven minutes. So I can't be doing with that. Unless it's a massive Raw, I won't be staying up for it and watching it live. So yeah, so this Raw, it was dubbed as Drew McIntyre Appreciation Night. Um... I'll just skip to that segment. I don't think it opened the show. Uh, the women opened the show as they did, incidentally, on SmackDown. But yeah, uh, the show begin it. Well, the show begins with a women's stuff, but I won't get into that. Um, yeah, so Baron Corbin, he presents. He's out there. He presents Drew McIntyre with a medal. I don't know if this is a bit of a tease. Maybe Kurt Angle could be coming back. Maybe not. Yeah, so he gives McIntyre a medal, and a huge whose music would hit Dolph Ziggler. And Dolph Ziggler, he comes to the ring, and I thought last week, last few weeks, they've sort of split. I said last week they'd split McIntyre and Ziggler. They weren't in the same segments. Basically, Ziggler comes out and he he just talks about where was he in the video package that was shown for the Drew McIntyre tribute. McIntyre basically says that he used him, that he didn't need him, that he's not on his level, and this leads to a Ziggler McIntyre match. And I think it was a bit. Bit of a random split, really. They've been together for seven or eight months. They've been one of the main acts on Raw. You could have done with a bit more than just a random split with no build halfway through Raw, but they seem like they was in a rush to split the two up anyway. And this leads to Ziggler McIntyre, as we said. And the match, you would say McIntyre, you'd expect to win, but Ziggler actually beats McIntyre thanks to a distraction from Finn Balor. 
beats him with his with his super kick one two three and this is McIntyre's first loss since being promoted to the main roster back in April surprised they saved it for a raw just a random raw they didn't save it but you threw it away on a random raw but hey um I, I suppose if they're gonna go into a mini program with the two they couldn't really have Ziggler lose the first match is really where do you go from there and I don't know, Ziggler, I tell you what, Ziggler, how many times does he turn face or heel? He's like a modern day big show. I've seen that guy, he must have had at least eight or nine turns in his time on the show, but hey, I think it could have been done, because Raw does need more faces, as it showed last week when Balor was getting beat down, no one could come out to save him. Tonight, obviously, maybe an alliance with Ziggler will end up, uh, Apollo Crews later on came down and helped Finn Balor. So yeah, at least the faces have some friends now. As it was, it's a very heel-heavy show. Is Monday Night Raw? But yeah, so Ziggler beats McIntyre via the distraction from Finn Balor. Um, I said I'm not going to review Raw and go match to match to match because you'd be bored to death. But um, that leads later on. I think we have Finn Balor against Jinder Mahal. Was it? Uh, Balor wins. Um, yeah, uh, Apollo Cruz comes down and helps. Balor as the Sings are getting involved, so Balor gets you a win there, um, backstage Balor's getting interviewed, he gets beat down by Drew McIntyre, so McIntyre gets his heat back on Balor, they love a bit of heat on Raw, so yeah he gets his heat back on Balor with a brutal beat down, so obviously they're going with Balor against Drew at TLC, so yeah, so that's basically, it was decent build really for the Drew-Balor match, Balor was heavy on this show, you know, I have never been really Balor's biggest fan, he's obviously a good worker, but for me, he's never quite done it on the main roster. Not really through much fault of his own. But I think now would be the time for the big Balor push. He's over. He's got some bit of momentum. But I can just see. You can't see them having McIntyre lose to Balor at TLC. Which will be a shame. But, yeah. Um, next we had... What else did we have? We had... We, we had... Um, oh, Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins segment. Now this, this was something else. So, six men walk to the ring with gas masks on, and Ambrose's music hits, but it's not his music, it's like war siren music, I think you can imagine what the sound is, uh, in the, that's playing, Ambrose comes out of a gas mask, it was a really great visual, it, it sort of made sense now why he was really going on about getting injections from the crowd to then come out with a gas mask there's air raid sirens in the background in his theme music and um, yeah i'd say a great visual um, he then talks about the crowd being infected he goes in on the crowd for five minutes i thought this was it's not quite as good as the daniel bryan stuff on smackdown but it was really good um, and then rollins attacks him through the crowd, they have a really good five-minute brawl. You couldn't really take your eyes off it. I'd say, for as far as brawl goes, this was a really good one. They got in the crowd. Uh, Ambrose hits the dirty deeds on the floor on the outside. He then throws him in the ring, hits the dirty deeds on the inside. Uh, he assaults him with his gas mask. So yeah, this was a really good brawl, and it gave it gave a lot of momentum towards the Ambrose and Rollins segment. It was perfect. That is until the crowd started chanting one more time when Ambrose hits the dirty deeds. They need to really probably just hit the finish in these segments once as if they hit it more than once, the crowd just chant one more time. I think you'll have seen that in the Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns stuff from earlier in the year where they're chanting for the heel Lesnar to hit his finish one more time after he's already hit it three or four times. 
So yeah, Ambrosi completely demolished Rollins here. I hope the gas mask stuff makes a return. I'm not sure. It had a bit of backlash on Twitter, I saw, but I thought it was brilliant. Um, hopefully, they get, it just gives the Ambrose character a bit more depth, which is what you want. Um, sorry, still got a cold. Um, after this, it goes to Corey, who's speaking to Renee and Michael Cole on commentary, and he says, Corey says to Renee that he needs to stop treating the WWE uni- universe like they don't know what's going on. Um Renee says that nobody's entitled to know what goes on behind a closed door with a, with a husband and wife and how dairy and all this crap. Shut up, Renee. But, yeah, so... Tell you what, I don't know if you saw this on my Twitter, but um, someone basically tweeted Corey Graves saying that it doesn't matter because he just gets fed lines on through, the, through his headset on Raw. And Corey Graves quoted the tweet and he proper went in on this guy. And I thought, well... To be fair, the guy did have a point, so I just commented on it, saying, to be fair, he does have a point. And then Corey Graves, who has a bit of a habit of not being able to cope with criticism on Twitter, I wasn't even criticising him, he quoted my tweet, and he basically, I don't know, he abused the the podcast, said just because I had a podcast, he, it didn't mean that I, th- I knew everything and stuff like that, but yeah. So I think we got on Corey Graves' nerves, I don't think he'll be a guest on the show anytime soon, but... I like Corey, I think he's good, I would just, just basically sticking up for a guy, but hey, Corey Graves took big offence to that, which to me says it's completely true, I had loads of WWE marks, sorry, I'm really sorry about this, if you're a WWE fan, that's fine, I'm a WWE fan, but Twitter is littered with these WWE marks that just, WWE can't do anything wrong, and they've got to lick the air. WWE performances, asses and stuff, it really winds me up, WWE can't do anything wrong to these people, and I had loads of people tweeting me these WWE marks, at flipping, what do you have, you had at Bala1 with a picture of Bala of the picture and stuff, tweeting me abuse, and they're saying, oh, they don't get fed stuff through the headsets, shut up, they get fed a lot of lines through their damn headsets, as everybody who's been a commentator has commented on when they've left the company. So, I'm right, you're wrong, shut up, you silly WWE marks. Anyway, sorry about that. As I say, I'm a WWE mark, but these Twitter marks on with WWE, they're something else. They just always get on you. I think I, I, think I was criticising SummerSlam from this year, which, it was a bad show. Yeah, there was nothing really good on it. I was criticising it, and I was getting loads of stick from these WWE marks, saying, oh, it was a great pay-per-view. You don't get this in New Japan. Shut up. Anyway, we sort of got a bit sidetracked there. Sorry about that. Um, Yeah, so, Corey. I like Corey. Let's get that straight. He's good. With the restrictions he has and the tough job he has, he does very well. Let's move on. So, we we also had had Rhino versus Heath Slater in a one-minute match where the stipulation was you must leave Raw. Um, Baron Constable Corbin makes this match and Rhino loses and his career is over and he must leave Raw by losing a one minute throwaway match in the middle of Raw to Heath Slater what he'll probably be back at some point but if he's not this is a bit it's a bit it's not much respect shown to Rhino here he's been a great been a he's been a great servant to the world of wrestling over the last 15 20 years i think he deserved a little bit better than this i think he's meant to be going in the hall of fame so at least that's one thing but 
I think they could have done a bit of better job with this. They could have built Ryan up and maybe, maybe have him lose on pay-per-view. I think, um, do you know what I mean, Progress did that. With Doug Williams over the summer, they had like his retirement tour. They could do something like that. I mean, they've got three hours a row where not a lot happens. They could have easily just done something good with Rhino. But no, a throwaway one-minute match where he loses to Heath Slater. Right, so I think we've gone through a lot of the stuff that happened on Raw for you. As I say, I've not talked about the main event. Quickly, we'll talk about the main event. The main event is Ronda Rousey, Ember Moon versus Tamina and Nia Jax. And finally, we had a Raw where the baby faces win and the show ends. Everyone's happy. Ronda and Ember win and mm, it was an alright match. They did alright. I think they had a match on a house show the night before to practice this match. They did a decent job. There was a botch with uh, Ember and Tamina, which was noticeable. But apart from that, it was a good match and I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was fine. So the show, as I say, there was a lot of filler on it. There was Bobby Roode, Drake Maverick, Lucha House Party Revival stuff. We had Rhino Slater. That sort of stuff was a bit... I'm guessing if you watched it live, it sort of put a downer on the show for you. But we did have some good stuff on the show. As I said, we had a really good Ambrose-Seth Rollins segment. That was the best thing on the show. We had a lot of uh, McIntyre Balor build, which was fine. So those two things I enjoyed. So yeah, so only two things I enjoyed, so maybe not that great. But obviously the raw ending, the ending of the show was good. It, it was a fine show. It wasn't good. It wasn't bad. It was all right. But obviously if you watch the show in a three-hour period, I'm sure you'd be getting annoyed with it. So I put the poll up on Twitter, and the result is in, and it's a tie for zero ticks and minus ticks. Two ticks, 15%. One tick, 20%. Zero tick, 33%. Minus ticks, 33%. So you're basically grading Raw as a bad to okay show. So I'd probably say I'd have it somewhere between 0 and 1, not minus and 0. But hey, you probably all watched it live and didn't like the show. But as I say, I thought it was fine. Next week is the go-home show for TLC, so I'm sure some interesting stuff will happen on that. Um, We've got matches announced for TLC. We've got Elias, who is facing Bobby Lashley. We've got Finn Balor against Drew McIntyre. We've got Corbin Strowman. Will Strowman show up? Uh, TLC match. We've got Ronda against Nia. Um, I haven't got any notes in front of me. So, well, I have got a few notes, but nothing to do with TLC. So, I'm not sure if there's any other matches. I'd probably miss one. But there's four matches I've gone through for you. Um, So, yeah. So, you didn't really like Raw this week. I thought it was a lot better than last week. Well, not a lot better. It was better than last week. But... I say the, the Ambrose Rollins segment was one of my favourite segments. I'd probably say in the last few months on Raw it was really good, but yeah, apart from that there wasn't a lot, I suppose. So I thought Raw was fine. And after the break, we're going to be talking about a good show, which was Tuesday Night Smackdown Live. So we will be talking about that and more after this quick music break. Okay, hope you all enjoyed that one. We are back on the show, and next we are talking about SmackDown Live from the 4th of December on Tuesday night. This show, it was it was a good show, let's be honest. SmackDown recently, there's not been a lot of really great matches on the show, but there's been a lot of good build. Do you know what I mean? There's, I think 
we have been condensed, as we've said, into the two-hour period. You get all your big stars on the show. Sometimes there isn't even room for, like, this show, there was no Rey Mysterio on the show. Don't think there was a Nakamura. It doesn't ring a bell. But, yeah, so you can leave them off the show, and you still have a really good show. So the opening of the show is a contract signing with Becky, Charlotte, and Oscar, pages in the ring. Another contract signing where it doesn't actually kick off for once. Um... It was a strong segment. As you see, Becky, she's slowly making more babyface columns, but keeping her villain manner up, even though she's clearly a face, which is great. You can see why she gets the comparisons to Austin, although obviously she's not on that level, but she's so over. Uh, she's she's like your no-nonsense babyface. She's not your clean babyface. She says what? Do you know what I mean? She's got an attitude, which is what you want. She's got some character, and everyone loves Becky. Whereas on the other hand, you've got Charlotte, who's coming off a lot more heelish than before. Uh, in a promo, she brings up Nia Jax, only needing one punch to take out Becky, which is obviously going to get heat. She then arrogantly says to Oscar that she beat her at WrestleMania and that she got rid of the mystique of Oscar. So yes, yeah, so Charlotte, she saw her heel persona is shining through, to put it. She's gone going a little bit more that way, but she was still cheered heavily in a match, but I suppose that's the way it works. You, the more heelish you act, the more cheers you get these days. But yeah, so her and Oscar have some interaction. Um, Becky signs the contract and leaves, which leaves Charlotte and Oscar in the ring where they interact. Um, that leads to Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville coming out. They have a tag team match with Charlotte and Oscar. Um, Charlotte and Oscar bickers. You could see this coming a mile off. Um Charlotte, I think, attacks Oscar, then Oscar kicks Charlotte, which leads to Sonya Deville getting the pin on Charlotte. That was interesting. Sonya Deville, as we noted last week, finished second in the Battle Royal. Now she gets the pin on Charlotte, so they look like they're maybe giving uh, Sonya Deville a push, and they're obviously high on Mandy Rose. So, yeah, that could be interesting. Sonya, she's all right, do you know what I mean? She's She needs more opportunities. But, yeah, so she gets the pin on Charlotte. And the big thing really coming out of this is next week is your WrestleMania rematch. It's Charlotte Flair versus Oscar on the go-home show for TLC. They had that great match at WrestleMania in New Orleans. And now we would get to see the rematch. Um, it probably would have been better on pay-per-view. But hey, they're facing in the three-way on the pay-per-view next week. So yeah, a good opening segment. Um, yeah, it was good. It was good. Um, next, we're going to get into is the... TLC match has been announced. For, well, it's not a TLC match, but it's announced at the TLC pay-per-view. It's the Usos versus the Bar versus the New Day in a triple threat match. Seems to be a lot of triple threat tag team matches going on at the moment. New Japan have got one on Wrestle Kingdom, I believe. Um, is it on Wrestle Kingdom? Yeah, on Wrestle Kingdom. Um, but this one, I would have preferred to have seen the Bar versus the Usos. They had a quick... 8 minute match or so last week which was great I really enjoyed that match I wanted to see the rematch but as I say New Day seemed to be, have to be in every tag team title match on every pay per view so they've been adding to it I'm sure it'll still be fine although I'm sick of the New Day with this pancake shite which seems to be so over to their credit at the live shows but on TV I just think I don't even really like pancakes that much maybe once a year on Pancake Tuesday but hmm can take it or leave it. Um, yeah, so this match is a triple threat match with each member of each team against each other. Uh, one of the Usos can't tell which one picks up the pin. I tell you what, I'm going to tell you a funny story. Here. One, speaking of one of the Usos, me and my mates were in New Orleans. We'd been out, we'd had a few beers, and uh, we're walking down the street in New Orleans. 
and one and one of the lads goes, the Usos and Samoa Joe are over there. So we looked, and it's the Usos and Samoa Joe. So we're thinking, should we say anything? I'm not really one to approach wrestlers while they're in the middle of the street trying to have a good time. One lad shouts, hey, Jimmy. He just looks at my mate, and he goes, it's Jay. They were impressed. So they walked off into the night, the Usos and Samoa Joe. They probably had a few pints with Samoa Joe, as Joe clearly likes a drink, as we see later on in the show. So yeah, that was quick quick nitpick nitpick quick tidbit from new orleans for you when we bumped into the usos and samoa joe um yeah so this match one of the usos as we said i can't tell them apart they one of them picks up the win um yeah so the usos second week in a row get a win so probably means they're not winning at the pay-per-view although i i like the usos as tag champs think that'd be good this match had a great feat of strength from cesaro where he lifted two of his opponents up and that was a really good spot. So yeah, so one of the one of the Usos, we don't know which one, sorry lads, gets the win in this match. Um we had a Randy Orton Jeff Hardy match. Again, um Randy Orton again picks up the win. But this time it's Hardy's distracted with Joe, as we just said, on the big screen. He's drinking a beer in a bar, talking about how some people can handle it, but some people, a la Jeff Hardy, get carried away and drink all night and can't control it. Uh, Jeff Hardy then turns around into the RKO, one, two, three. So it looks like they're going with Jeff against Joe at TLC. Now it did look like they was building for Mysterio against Orton for TLC. But there was literally no build for it on this show, so can't really see them doing it. I think they might lead, they might just leave it off TLC because it is a stacked card already. Maybe have it on like the first SmackDown of 2019, and maybe even save it for the Royal Rumble. I think, I think they'll probably do that and have it main event of SmackDown, which will be fine. Um, I think if they're gonna go in the mask versus hair, I don't know, or and don't have much hair. But if they're gonna go in that direction, as rumored, they probably are best building it up a little bit more, so it's the focus of the show. Um, but yeah, so it looks like we might be getting Jeff against Joe at TLC instead of Orton Mysterio. But you never know. WWE like to change their mind, right? So we pretty much got into everything that was on the show. So we're now gonna move into the main thing that was on the show, which was. Angry vegan Daniel Bryan. His character on this show was absolutely fantastic. He was the star of this show. Um, he's on Ms. TV. Um, he comes out with this t-shirt on with a picture of a plant on. Bryan says that all he did was kick AJ Styles in the groin, whereas these people, yes, it was a these people promo that actually worked. He says these people consume processed meat, they use plastic bottles, and all he did was kick someone in the groin. He calls out people on saying the watch chant, he calls them all fickle. Miz's face in this promo was brilliant. Um, Angry Vegan Brian is great, you've got to say. Uh, I just thought it was on another level, this promo. It was brilliant. Um, As I say, it leads to an AJ Styles Miz main event for later on as Styles comes out, but Miz attacks Styles in this segment. So it's AJ versus Miz, and Brian is on commentary. Uh, He's he's so funny on commentary. It's crazy crazy because we know he's a nice guy in real life to see how good he plays this heel character, but that won't be a surprise to people who watch Ring of Honor back in 2004, 2005. 
2006 as well. I was at one of the shows where he was top heel on the show. Anyway, so Brian's on commentary. He says he hopes his daughter kicks hundreds and thousands of men in the groin, which was funny. Um, he cuts an amazing promo on Byron Saxton. Now, if you remember a year ago, when Brian was face and GM, he got into a bit of an altercation with Byron on commentary talking about um during the kevin owens Sami Zayn feud he got onto that where he was like talking about how he wanted to wrestle and stuff like that and he proper went in on byron saxton back when brian didn't really care if he got fired or not so a year later he cuts an amazing promo on saxton and he says that byron's a horrible person and he should be ashamed of himself for all the processed meat that he has it was so funny you need to watch this really funny so the match ends aj taps out miz this leads to a Daniel Bryan beatdown on Styles. He annihilates Styles' knee with a heel hook. He's sorry, he's, yeah. He annihilates his leg with a heel hook. Um, he then posts him numerous times. He gets on the announce table. He gets uh, Hamilton, the announcer. What is it? Is it Greg Hamilton to announce that the new Daniel Bryan is WWE champion? He calls the crowd fickle. He's screaming at them. He's calling them out. And then just as the little icon in the bottom corner comes up during the promo to end the show, Brian runs back into the ring. He gets his submission on Styles again. And the show goes off air with Styles begging the referees to get Brian off him. This was brilliant. Brilliant build to AJ. Brian, as I say, this stole the show, the stuff on the show from Brian. It was brilliant. Um, yeah, so really, if you look at these two shows, shows, the two big matches on Raw and SmackDown from the men's side is Rollins Ambrose and Brian AJ. Yeah, if you take those two in the vacuum, they've done brilliantly in building up the anticipation for these two matches, which essentially is what Raw and SmackDown is there to do, build to the pay-per-views. So if you look at it that way, they did a good job of doing that. So yeah, great build to AJ, Brian. Now, a lot of you felt a lot differently about this show, as you did to Raw, as 66% of you went with two ticks, 17% one tick, 10% zero tick, 7% of angry meat eaters going with minus ticks, um, yeah, so you all thought, the majority thought it was a good to great show, I wouldn't say, it wasn't a great show, but it was a very good Smackdown, I enjoyed it, it flew, the two hours absolutely flew. So yeah, really good stuff from SmackDown, as it's that's been the case for the last few weeks. SmackDown has been on a bit of a roll these last few weeks since the Survivor Series show, since the, well, apart from the first show after Survivor Series, but the last two shows have been really good, coming off their 6-1 defeat, which has still not played into any storyline. I, f- I don't know if this Shane McMahon heel turn's gone off the radar or whatever, but why did they lose 6-1 as I've harped on about? Nothing came out of it. Survivor Series is just like a live event at this point. Meaningless. Anyway, let's not end it on a bad note. So next week, we're going to have Charlotte Oscar. We've got a rap battle, which will be horrendous. But we've got Charlotte Oscar, which will be good. And I'm sure we'll have the new Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles interaction, which will be great as usual. So yeah, so I think it's time to get into your awards of the week. We're going to go winner of the week can't be anyone else the new daniel brain is the winner of the week your loser of the week mm, there could be a few but i'm gonna go with rhino i can't give it to bobby rude again i'm gonna go with rhino he his career ended in a one minute match 
So Rhino is your loser of the week. Now match of the week, there wasn't really many strong matches on Raw SmackDown, if any really. Um, there wasn't anything on the level of the Rollins Ziggler match from last week. Uh, AJ Miz was alright, but that match was basically spent listening to Daniel Bryan on commentary. So your match of the week from this week is the singles triple threat match between a member of the New Day, the Bar, and the Usos. So I think it was Cesaro Woods and one of the Usos. So yeah, one of the Usos wins that award for match of the week. It wasn't a match heavy Raw SmackDown. There was a lot of good segments, but yeah. So the triple threat match wins the match of the week. So, yeah, so we've gone through Raw Smackdown for you. I thought Raw was it was okay. Smackdown was a good show. We had good build towards two of the big matches at TLC. Next week is your go-home shows for TLC, so I'm sure they'll be interesting. And um, We'll be reviewing Raw and Smackdown next week for you. So, yeah, I think that's really it from Raw and Smackdown. Um, after the break, we're going to be talking about everything independent. Fight Club Pro, I'm going to be reviewing the Fight Club Pro 100th show and talking about Rev Pro. We will also have a review from Sean from at Thunderpod talking about his experience at the Progress show last Monday. So if you stay with us and after this music break, we will be talking Fight Club Pro 100th show the Progress show from last week, and the Rev Pro show that I watched the other night. Stay tuned, we'll be back to talk about all that and more on the Wrestling Newspaper Podcast. Hello, back on the show. Um, I hope you enjoyed your quick halftime music break. Um, as I've said, we're now going to be moving on from WWE for the time being at least. And we're going to be talking about the independent show over here in the UK that I attended last week, which was Fight Club Pro, their 100th show. Yeah, so Fight Club Pro, for people who don't know Fight Club Pro, they are Trent Seven's independent company. They're based in Wolverhampton in the in England, which is basically, it's pretty much in the centre of England. Um, so a lot of people from London can get up if need be. I, myself, from about 100 miles north, I can get there. So yeah, so Fight Club Pro, it's a really, Fight Club Pro, you've got Progress and you've got Rev Pro, which are probably the two biggest. Fight Club Pro, they, they're probably just behind, the biggest in, the, in England anyway, for me. Um... They have, they have some great wrestlers on the show. They have good shows. I'd say, if you compare it to the US scene, you probably Fight Club Pro probably more the PWG style. Do you know what I mean? Where it's basically just trying to get good matches on the show. They do have some stories. They've probably, for me, got the best heel faction possibly in the independent scene at the moment. Schadenfreude. I can never pronounce it. But yeah, Schadenfreude. They're basically a heel group. They've got the likes of Walter in it. Probably won't anymore, but Walter, Chris Brooks, Jonathan Gresham, Ozzy Open, Carl Fletcher, Mark Davis. So probably they've got um, Shitty Little Wolf in there as well. So yeah, so they've obviously got, they're probably the top heel group in England at the moment, definitely for me. So anyway, so yeah, so I made my way down to Wolverhampton last Friday after recording the show. It was about a two and a half hour drive. Uh, there wasn't much traffic on the motorway, thankfully. 
But yeah, so I was quite excited for this show. Um, obviously, with it being the hundred show, he's expecting big things, but I'm guessing they had to rejig everything. Obviously, with the announcement last week that WWE were stopping talent from wrestling for independent companies. Now, the rumours were that they would still be able to wrestle for Progress, Fight Club, Pro, ICW. However, um, this isn't anything to do with this show, but on the next show, the night after the 100th show, Sean and Freda put on their own show, and they booked Trent Seven, Pete Dunne, and Tyler Bate in a Loser Leaves Town match, which, spoiler alert, they lost. So yeah, so Trent Seven lost a Loser Leaves Town match in his own promotion. Yeah, so... Thanks for that, WWE. But hey, UK independent wrestling will keep going no matter what WWE tries to throw at them. Sorry. Anyway, so yeah, so the show so the show started at 8 o'clock. It was, I think the crowd was probably about about 800 maybe. Um, it opened with Trent Seven coming out. He talks about how they did 100 shows. He He's quite a funny guy, and he? So he was obviously, he went, some of them were absolutely shit. But yeah, so he came out. This would be his last opening welcome to Fight Club Pro, for the time being anyway. Um, Fight Club Pro, they always have a scramble match on the show. And this match had Chuck Mambo in it, Chris Brooks, Session Moth Martina, Lucky Kid, Orange Cassidy, Clint Margera. And they actually sort of botched the finish in this match, it felt like. Anyway, as the ref counted three, even though it was the guy kicked out. But yeah, Chuck Mambo, he always wins scramble matches in Fight Club Pro. He's a good wrestler. He's improved a lot. He wrestles for progress. He's got um, sort of the beach guy gimmick. Um, he's a good worker. I think he'll probably be pushed higher up the card later on no, next year in Fight Club Pro. But yeah, he gets the win in this. Um, I don't know if anyone's ever seen Orange Cassidy before, but he's got a great gimmick where... I don't even know how you describe it, really. He just basically pretends people are touching him. I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it, to be honest. Go and check out the Orange Cassidy gimmicks. I'm guessing Wikipedia can describe it better than I can. Um, next, we had a match, which I was quite excited about, really. Yeah, this is two two of my... Well, I don't really have favourite wrestlers, but i say two of the wrestlers that I think are really good, and that is one of the best workers in independent wrestling. Jonathan Gresham, he took on El Fantasmo. For those of you who don't know, ELP's been on the rise this year. He won the British J Cup for Rev Pro back in September. He's a really good worker. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of El Fantasmo, otherwise known as ELP. I'm sure Americans... I think he's Canadian, actually. I think he's over at the moment, hopefully. I'm not sure if he can work in America or something like that. I know that's Speedball Mike Bailey. But yeah, ELP, I'm sure... Check out ELP, he's a really good worker. Anyway, this match, it was it was probably your three-star sort of level match. Um, it didn't really get as much time as I'd have liked. It probably went about ten minutes. But it was really good while it lasted. It was interesting to see Gresham work heel. I'm sure you ROH fans are used to him working babyface. But yeah, this was a good, was a good match. Um, Gresham gets the win over ELP, so I enjoyed this match. Next, we had the Hunter Brothers facing Walter and Timothy Thatcher, otherwise known as Ringkamp, representing Schadenfreude. Uh, Ringkamp are the Fight Club Pro Tag Team Champions. Actually, no, what am I on about? They're not the Tag Team Champions. We'll get onto that in a minute. Okay. So basically, we had... It was... It was a... The Hunter Brothers against Ring Camp, it was a really, it was a great match. Do you know what I mean? I really enjoyed this match. Um, I thought... Flipping cat's getting on my nerves. Anyway, yeah, so Hunter Brothers, Ring Camp, it was a great match. This was probably the best 
match on the show for me. Possibly it was a, you're probably looking about a three and three quarters, four star match. Walter was great in this match. Um, the Hunter Brothers, for people who don't know, the Hunter Brothers are big. They're like, they've been there from the start on and off in Fight Club Pro. They're probably, they're, they're a bit generic as a team. The typical brother team, a bit like... I don't know, they remind me a bit of the Edgeheads, a bit like Hawkins and Ryder when they first started, but they're a lot better workers than that. They, they can have good matches. As With this one, this was a great match. Um, so, yeah, so a really good match. Um, you, there was a spot at the end. They've got about 15, 20 minutes. A spot at the end where you thought that Ring Camp had him in a submission. They Walter had him in, in, a, in a... I can't think what move it was now, but he had him in a submission for what seemed like ages. So Thatcher had the submission on the other Hunter brother. Um, you thought he was going to submit him, but no, they fought out of it and hit, hit the finishing move and got the win. So, yeah, so that was a big shock. So the Hunter brothers over Ring Camp. So it's nice to see Walter putting put in a... Well, a regular Fight Club Pro tag team over on the way out. Um, after this match, the owner, Martin Zaki, came out, co-owner with Trent Seven. He comes out and he makes a tag team title match for right now. And it's the Hunter Brothers defending against Sean and Freud. So, basically, the Hunter Brothers, they win this match in 10 seconds. 10, 15 seconds. Big pop. And your Hunter Brothers are the new Fight Club Pro tag team champions. So, yeah, so... That was a big pop, a great way to end the first half of the show. Um, half time, I, I I don't drink obviously because I was driving, so I treated myself to a. I think I had a Red Bull at half time. I checked out some of the merch stands, and um, it's fact it's really good at Fight Club Pro because it's like um, they, they just have tables where all the wrestlers sit at, where sign merch, take pictures, sell their merch, and they just stood there watching the, the matches the whole show. It's a really intimate atmosphere at Fight Club Pro, I love it, I really, honestly, I can't stress how much I think you should all check out a Fight Club Pro show, I'm, when it comes to wrestling, I can be a bit miserable, I don't really, I don't know, but I love Fight Club Pro, I would not drive 100 miles every month or two to go and watch an independent wrestling company if it wasn't brilliant, I, I live about 5 miles away from a wrestling company called PCW and I never really bother going. But Fight Club Pro, they've got me hooked. It's just a brilliant show. All the best UK stars are on their show. So seriously, check out Fight Club Pro. So anyway, after that quick plug, I am going to get back into the second half of the show. And this was a very... It was a really good half of the show, this. Um, so, Mustache Mountain and Dan Maloney. So basically, Tyler Bate, Trent Seven and Dan Maloney took on the team of Travis Banks, Jordan Devlin... And Masato Tanaka. You all remember Tanaka from his legendary, brutal matches with Mike Awesome, rest in peace, in ECW. And it was, I really enjoyed this match. Stood in front of me, I'm guessing, with some of Tanaka's family. Um, a young girl had, I don't know if it was granddaughter or daughter, had a little girl on her shoulders watching their relative and cheering him on. It was just a really good match. You could tell they was really enjoying it. Um, but yeah, it was a really good match. Five of these guys, interestingly, are NXT UK guys now. Um, so a lot of these, it'll be the last time you see most of these in Fight Club Pro, at least for me anyway. Um, I'll tell you one thing I noticed about this match. Now, we're trained, if you've been watching wrestling for 10 years, nobody takes a chair shot, bang on the head. Tanaka took two chair shots from Dan Maloney right in front of me, and I'm not joking... He didn't get his hands up or anything. He took it flat on his head. I winced with pain. Honestly, how this guy... 
is still going at his age. You've got people who took these chair shots that are in wheelchairs and they didn't take him as badly as he's took him over the years and he's still going. I tell you what, he can still work, you know, for his age. He must be late 40s, probably now early 50s, late 40s and he can still go. But I'm winced as he took these two chair shots. I'm thinking, you don't need to do this, mate, anymore in 2018. We're not bothered about that. ECW style wrestling's gone for the most part, thankfully. So, yeah, so... Um, yeah, it was a really good match. Um, Tanaka, I think it was Tanaka who got the pin. I can't really remember. I should have took some notes, but obviously I'm not going to take notes while I'm at a live wrestling event. But I think Tanaka got the win in this match. Um, I'm pretty sure he did, yeah. So anyway, yeah, I'm sure. Anyway, I watched Poet for you. Go and check out this show on Vimeo. Right, next we had David Starr, Davey Wrestling, versus Omari. Uh, probably most of you haven't seen Omari. He's like a stalwart of Fight Club Pro, he's a young guy, he's decent, he's a bit green, but he can go, he's had some great matches with Keith Lee in the early part of the year, um, the crowd for this match were really quiet, I think it was a bit, they're not really the bigger, David Starr's obviously a big name in the UK scene, but it's not really like the biggest match to put on, a lot of people waiting for the main event, obviously we didn't know any of the matches going into this show, so I think people were just excited to see what the main event could be. But yeah, for me, I'm although I said I really enjoyed the Hunter Brothers Ring Camp match, I thought David Starr Omari was probably the best wrestled match on this show. Um, the crowd, would say, were really quiet for it, but they went about 15, 20, probably 20 minutes. Um, and it, they were just going back and forth. It was great wrestling. You Close up, you really do notice how good David Starr is in the ring. He was brilliant in this match. No wonder he's the top healing rev pro at the moment, or one of them. Uh, so the match ends when David Starr taps him out. Um, I say Starr was great here, and I, I think he could be one of the top guys in Fight Club Pro next year. I really think so. I think that's why they put him over Omari here. Um, so yeah, Starr was great here. Now your main event, what a match this was. A dream team that you will probably, in fact you won't ever see team up again. The tag team of the Bruiserweight, Pete Dunn and Miko Satamora. They teamed up to face Shorten Frauds, Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis. It was just great. I felt privileged to see Dunn and Satamora team up. They're just like a dream team, aren't they? And they had, I thought, are they going to only go five minutes here because Dunn's been working with an injury? No, none of that. They went. I reckon they went about a good 25 minutes in this match. It was back and forth. It was, it was Dunn and Satamora worked really well together, considering the probably a short language barrier, but they worked really hard on Satamora. I'm guessing she can probably speak English by now, but Dunn and Satamora worked brilliant together. Um, some great tag team offence, there was interference, near falls, it was just brilliant, um, I'd say Cal Fletcher and Mark Davis, they're easily the best tag team in UK wrestling at the moment, they're from Australia, but easily the best UK tag team, if you've not seen them, you'll see them over the next year or two, they're brilliant, I, it's only a matter of time for me before these guys are either in the New Japan Pro Wrestling Tag League or, dare I say it, signed to WWE NXT UK, um, yeah, so a great match, um, Dunn and Satamora pick up the win. The match ends with Dunn waving goodbye to the fans, which he could, which was a bit of a sad moment. But you could tell it meant a lot to him. He looked, at, you could tell he was a bit upset that he was leaving. But what can he do? He's got to move on. He's got a kid now. He's got to get as much money as he can. Um, yeah. So post match, Sean and Freud, which are the, they're like the NWO. I'm sure that's the best comparison I can get. They're the UK indie. NWO, that's the best thing you can do, and they do some NWO is, they have a 15 minute beatdown on Dunn, 
Seven, Tyler Bate comes out, David Starr comes out, Omari comes out. They're all out there. They get a beat down from Sean and Freud. They're doing every heel trick in the book. The owner of Fight Club Pro, co-owner, Martin Zaki, comes out. He gets beat down by Walter. Um, they remove all the guardrails from around the ring, throw them into the ring. Uh, Chris Brooks gets some spray paint and spray paint Sean and Freud on the ring canvas. It was a really strong ending to the show, but... Yeah, they put a short and throw flag over um, the owner and over Miko Satamora and over the title as well. And they all posed in front of them with Satamora, the Fight Club Pro champion, and the owner. They all stood over them as the show finished. It was a, as I say, this show, it was. I've been to better Fight Club Pro shows, but I don't think it helped, as I say, that they had to rejig the show pretty much the week of the show. Thank God they didn't have any matches announced, but. Yeah, um, flipping cat scratching my bed. Go away. Go on. Bugger off. Anyway, sorry. Anyway, back to this. I can't do a podcast without this cat. Without my cat jumping up. Uh, if I put them in the other room, they'll just scratch. So hey, that's what happens when you've got four cats. But right. So where was we? Where was we? We were talking about Sean before talking about this show. Yeah, this show. It was a good show. I, I, if you want to inbox me on Twitter. DM me to ask me for the recommendations for the best Fight Club Pro shows. It wouldn't be this one. Um, but as I say, if you want to tweet me, inbox me, I'll point you in the direction of some really good Fight Club Pro shows. It's worth checking out, honestly. It's some of the best wrestling in the UK. Progress get the headlines, but Fight Club Pro is 10 times better than Progress for me. Anyway, Progress might make better t shirts, but that's about it. So yeah, this show it was a good show. Um, check it out. That's all I can say. I enjoyed it. I'll be back in February to watch the next Fight Club Pro show. I'm not quite sure what roster I'll be seeing that that day, but hey, I will be back in February for Fight Club Pro. So check them out. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I tell you one thing that I would have liked to have seen in Fight Club Pro before this happened. They'd sort of built it up a little bit, and that is a Walter versus Miko Satamora match. That would have been brilliant, but. Hey, you can't have everything, can you? So, yeah, so that was it. Fight Club Pro 100. I tried to review it as best as I can for you. As I say, I'm just basically, I don't have any notes for that show. I'm just going off the top of my head. Um, so, yeah, check it out. Um, I watched another indie show this week, um, and that was Rev Pro Live in Portsmouth. Um, so, this was a really good show. It was live at the Portsmouth Guild Hall, I believe. Um, it's on Rev Pro On Demand, so check that out. It was headlined by a, it was a, Great match. It was Pack against Speedball Mike Bailey. Now, if you've never seen any of these two, check them out for sure. Well, you've obviously seen Pack, but if you've never, sorry, if you've never seen Speedball Mike Bailey, check him out. He's awesome, as I've said before on this show. So Neville and Speedball, they main evented the show. They had a great match. Honestly, they got about twenty minutes. Um, Pack picks up the win, obviously, but it they got back and forth. Brilliant wrestling, brilliant high spots. Pack is brilliant as a heel. He still kept up his heel personality that he used towards the end of his WWE run. And he was brilliant in this match, as usual. So, yeah, so check out Neville, well, Pack against Speedball Mike Bailey. On the show, also, there was a match between ALP, which we mentioned at Fight Club Pro. He faced A Kid, who is the lad who um, I think you've heard. He got a lot of good press over a 
supposed five-star match with Zack Sabre Jr. in his home promotion in Madrid. A kid, he, I've never, first time seeing him actually, but the guy can go. He has a really good match with VLP here. I'd probably got about four stars, three and three-quarter stars for that match. Um, yes, to check that match out. Um, if you want to check out the match with Zack Sabre Jr., that match is available on YouTube for free, I believe. So just type in Sabre versus A-Kid and that should pop up. So yeah, it was a really good Rev Pro show. Um, there was some of my car. I didn't take any notes, but I'm trying to think of the... I'll probably bet, should be taking notes for these shows so I can review them in more detail. But it was a really good show, this show. It wasn't quite as good, good as the Fight Club Pro show that I attended, but it's not one of them. It was just like a house show, really, for Rev Pro. But it was a really good show. Definitely worth checking out. Um, other Rev Pro news. We've got Will Osprey versus Pac announced for February the 15th. Now that match is a dream match for everyone pretty much. The tickets sold out in under 20 minutes. I think 1,200 tickets sold out in 20 minutes. That's brilliant for Rev Pro. It's good to see that some wrestlers, i.e. Will Ospreys, i.e. Packs. Still in the England, English, UK wrestling scene. So that would be great to see them. There's something for the UK fans to look forward to next year. Osprey versus Pack. That is as well as Zack Sabre versus Pack, which is January the 6th in Rev Pro. So yeah, two big matches in the early part of next year for Revolution Pro Wrestling. Definitely check them out. Um, I'll say if you're if you're um, not familiar with Rev Pro and you're going to WrestleMania this year, they have a show on the Friday before WrestleMania at 4 p.m. So go and check that out. I should be there. Um, they've just announced obviously the Takeover show, which we'll get into later, is now the Friday. But I'm hoping to be able to get an Uber from the Rev Pro show. To Brooklyn for NXT TakeOver. The Rev Pro show comes first to me anyway. So I'll be going to that. So yeah. So we've gone through that. We've gone through Rev Pro Live in Portsmouth. We've talked about Fight Club Pro. Osprey versus Pack, February the 15th. Sabre versus Pack, January the 6th. I wonder if Pack will be defending it. I don't think he, no, he won't be defending the Dragon Gate title he won this week. As obviously Rev Pro are affiliated with New Japan. But yeah, so check those out. Now, we've got a special guest for you coming up next. Um, he's my mate. I met him in New Orleans last year. He's the top guy, Sean. He is the host of The Thunder Pod, which is a podcast that really it goes back and it reviews Thunder episodes from WCW, in brackets, episode. Um, yeah, so he reviews The Thunder Pod, The Thunder Show of WCW for you, check him out, it's at ThunderPod, but Sean went to a Progress Wrestling event, Chapter 79, the other Monday at the Electric Ballroom in London, incidentally that show had to change dates because Jim Smallman, the diehard man of independent wrestling, was too busy booking an NXT UK show, make of that what you will, but <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> anyway, over to Sean, who's going to review for you his experience at Progress Chapter 79. Back in a short while. It's Sean Long here from the Thunderpod. Uh, recently, I went to Progress Chapter 79. Uh, this was their. This was one of their midweek chapters that they've done. It was back in the ballroom in Camden. Uh, let's just go through the card and give you my thoughts and results and the show. The opening match was Mark Andrews versus Jordan Devlin. They put on an amazing match, like always, both of them do. Two 
amazing competitors that will both go far when back in well both both will go far with NXT UK. Um Devlin Devlin got the win of this match. There was one spot in particular that really got the crowd pop popping pop and that was um a reverse Rana from the top rope from Mark Andrews. The second match was a women's tag match with Ginny and Laura DiMatteo versus Nina Samuels and Charlie Morgan. Nina Samuels really impressed me in this match. I've seen her a few times now and she hasn't done much for me in the ring. She seemed very bland. But this time she put in all the effort and I think she was definitely the definitely the star of that match. Um, Ginny and Laura DiMatteo got the win though. However, it was a very back and forth match. Uh, the second, the third match of the, of the show was going to be Jimmy Havoc versus Drew Parker in a no disqualification match. Now, when Parker came out first, Jimmy Havoc made his way to the ring, rolled in the ring, grabbed the mic off Jim, and was giving uh, Drew Parker some, giving him some shit. Saying, oh, I'm going to murder you. You're going to witness a murder in here tonight. And then all of a sudden, Drew Parker attacks Jimmy Havoc from behind with a chair. And, and then we get Drew Parker, Spike Trevane, Chuck Mambo, and William Eva come in. And do a beatdown on Jimmy Havoc. So, this looks like there's a new faction coming into progress. Don't know what their intentions are or who they're targeting at this point, but it looks like it's going to be a good long feud to help build up new stars with the new contract situation with the NXT UK guys where they can't, they're not going to be able to wrestle as much. And independence and things like that. Um, Mambo is, is, I know he's a fan favourite with most people. I love his work. I saw him recently at an attack show in London where he was playing the hill there and he's very good at being able to switch it from hill to face, which I didn't think he'd be able to do. Which I'm really impressed with. Match number four was going to be a triple threat women's match. It was due to be Millie McKenzie versus Isla Dawn versus Jordan Grace. Unfortunately, Millie McKenzie couldn't make it due to injury. So we got a one-on-one match with Jordan Grace versus Isla Dawn. Fantastic match. First time really seeing Jordan Grace in the ring. I've heard her name on social media or anything. I've never really seen 
any of her matches and she really impressed me, really impressed the crowd. Uh, Jordan got the win in that match. And then we had the... We had the... We had Trent Seven's Atlas Championship Invitational Open. Trent comes to the ring. He does his does his entrance, and then we hear the Aussie Open music. As we know, Mark Davis has an open challenge for any title. He walks out first, he wasn't in his gear, and then follows Carl Fletcher in his gear, and he is the one taking the challenge. I know most of you are saying, but he he's, he doesn't reach the weight limit, he's too small. Recently, if you look, in the past few months, he's bulked up massively, um, and that match was amazing. For me, I'd say that match was definitely my match of the night. Back and forth, great spots, crowd really into it. Trent Seven got the win and he retained his title, but it really elevated Carl Fletcher and you'd definitely be able to see him as a single star in the near future. We then had the interval we come back and we've got Team Tremendous versus the Anti-Fun Police. That match was a masterclass on how to do comedic wrestling. With Anti-Fun Police doing their stick, Team Tremendous doing their stick. It, they had the whole ballroom crying in laughter it was just it was it wasn't a technical technical match but you wouldn't have expected that from them two teams brilliant match great fun great way to get the crowd back into it after the break we then had eddie dennis versus mark haskins yeah what can i say it was a good match Nothing really stood out to me during the match. Very, very solid in the ring by both workers, as we know they both are. Eddie Dennis being in NXT UK. Mark Haskins doing his own thing. But then, Haskins won the match, I believe. No. Eddie Dennis won the match, my apologies. But then, once again, we get the new group of Mambo, Spike, William Eva, and Drew Parker coming out, and they attack both Eddie Dennis and Mark Caskins. So with this, it looks like they're trying to go after the old timers in, in progress, maybe try and get try and get revenge or try to make a name for themselves within progress attacking the veterans 
just have to wait to see how that plans out. And then we got the main event, which was Mark, ha uh, which was David Starr versus Travis Banks. David Starr, he had troubles with his flight getting into London. He landed in Heathrow at seven o'clock, and that was the time of the first bell. He had to get a 45-minute Uber from Heathrow to the ballroom. I I live in Heathrow, and I know how much of a bitch that journey can be. He managed to get there for the main event, put on a brilliant match like always. Travis, Travis Banks got the win. It wasn't much to go on for, but it was a good, solid match. Red reports apparently that David Starr rolled his ankle in that match. That's why he had to take a night off the next night, uh, competing for RPW. But it was still a brilliant match. What I found interesting, is this could be me reading into it too much, okay? But majority of the NXT UK stars got the win. On tonight's show. So you had. Well. Let's go back. First match. They're both in NXT UK. So that's fine. Devlin won. In the women's tag match. Ginny. She got the win for her team. She is, she is the champion. So you'd expect her to win. Um, and then. Also. I've not heard anything about Millie McKenzie being injured. Was that just a play because apparently there's reports out now WWE or NXT UK stars can't wrestle any other promotional wrestlers. And Jordan Grace is signed with Impact. So is that is that what they've had to do? They've had to say Millie was injured? Don't know. I could be looking too much into that. Trent Seven won, obviously, because he's, he's the champion. Okay. He, he, there might have been an upset, but wouldn't, I thought there would be. Uh, you then had Eddie Dennis getting the win in his match. And then you also had Travis Banks getting the win in the main event. All of them are signed with NXT UK. We know Progress work very closely with them. Jim, Glenn and John all work behind the scenes for them. So that just could be something to come. My personal match of the night was the Atlas Championship match. Carl Fletcher versus Trent Seven. An amazing match. Trent, Trent Seven can really turn up the in-ring ability when he wants to. We all know him for some of his co some of his comedy spots, like when he, when he gets chopped and he does the faint, things like that. But he's behind all that. He's a solid wrestler, and I think it will be good for the Atlas Championship to have someone like that, the big name, to then elevate other people. I I I took my. Took one of my mates to the show on Monday, and it was his first progress show, and he loved every minute of it. 
he said the crowd was the crowd was great, the show was great, and he said he'd definitely go to progress again. So next time they've got a midweek show on, I'll definitely be I'll definitely be going, and I'm looking forward to going for someone who's local as well, going with one of my mates. So should be good. I'll pass you now back to Dan with the wrestling newsletter, the wrestling newspaper podcast. I Say don't be so blind It's telling me all these things That you would probably hide Am I Your one and only desire Am I the reason you breathe Or am I the reason you cry Yep, so another great tune there, and thanks to Sean for his review of the Progress show that he attended last Monday. Hopefully we'll have Sean back on the show to review future indie shows that he watches. So, I might get him to review WrestleMania for me, as he's not going this year, so I'd like to get Sean to review WrestleMania, but I might have to twist his arm for that. Anyway... Right, we are back on the show, and we are now going to do, it's the last part of the show, we're going to talk about all the news, all the notes from the world of professional wrestling from this week. Right, let's get into it, because, actually, in a short while, the tickets for Monday, I got my tickets for, well, we'll start off with this, sod it, right, yeah, so basically, this week, tickets for Raw, Smackdown, and NXT came out for WrestleMania week. The prices for these tickets, they're almost double what they were last year. Absolutely ridiculous for a show that's fallen in the ratings, charging that much. I'm guessing it's possibly to do with the New York market, but... Pim Rain bouncing off the conservatory. If you can hear that, I'm sorry about that, but... If you can't hear it, I don't know why I'm on about But yeah, so the tickets came out this week for Raw, Smackdown, NXT. Charged a ridiculous amount of money it cost, but hey... I ain't willing to pay that, so I got lower bowl tickets for NXT TakeOver, I think that cost me $75, um, for Raw, I didn't get my Raw tickets because they were sold, yeah, I'm going to get be getting my Raw tickets in about 20 minutes when they come back on sale, so I'm going to try and get a cheap seat for that, at Smackdown, I got a restricted view ticket, which is the lower bowl, and it's like in the corner, but my mate Danny who reviewed the NXT UK show for us the other week, he sat there for SmackDown in New Orleans, and he had a great view. And this ticket cost me $30. So instead of paying $200 for a seat a couple of blocks down, I can just pay 30 for that, and I can see everything. So that was the smart decision. Today I'm going to try and get the $30 ticket for Raw, as to be honest with you, it's costing me an arm and leg getting to WrestleMania every single year. I've got a little girl, and paying for her... Paying for myself and paying for New York and WrestleMania every year is a dear do, so I've got to try and budget a little bit on these shows. It's not like back when I was a young lad and I could spend five, six hundred dollars on a WrestleMania ticket, but hey, those days are over. 
Yep, so hopefully I get a decent seat for, well not a decent seat, a cheap seat for Monday Night Raw for WrestleMania week. Um, so we'll take you into some other news, which was the big news last weekend. We haven't had a show to talk about this since, but WWE changed NXT TakeOver from Saturday night to Friday night and put the Hall of Fame show in its place, which... Very, that's very interesting. Like, obviously, it means that we can all now go to TakeOver and the New Japan show. So that is... But I think they've changed it because they didn't think TakeOver would sell out. TakeOver usually doesn't sell out until the day of the show, right? So if you take away 15,000 fans from that show, do you know what I mean? They would have still so, almost sold out, possibly. But I don't think... They, they'll definitely sell a lot more tickets and quicker now. Because people can now go to both shows. So yeah, it's a smart decision for them. Apparently, the company reason is that WWE thinks people fly in for TakeOver on the Saturday, which results in the Hall of Fame being empty on the Friday, which is a load of crap, because half of us fly in days before this. So yeah, that's a load of crap. But apparently, that's what they think. They think fans will fly in on the Friday now for TakeOver, which is a load of crap. Because next year, SmackDown's going to be on the Friday, I'm guessing, unless they tape the SmackDown on the Tuesday. It's like a storm outside. Sorry if you can hear that. Anyway, see, I was at the Hall of Fame last year, actually. We'd done a day of indie wrestling, and we was at the Hall of Fame, and it was half empty. Really empty, that show. So, obviously, they're trying to get it by doing a combo for everything and including the Hall of Fame in it, but no one cares about the Hall of Fame, really, anymore, except your historians, really. But, yeah, so, WWE NXT TakeOver is now on the Friday, not the Saturday, so you can all attend and watch the New Japan ROH show from Madison Square Gardens and the TakeOver show on separate nights. What a weekend that is going to be. I can't wait for that. Even if you're watching it at home, brilliant weekend. TakeOver Friday, New Japan Saturday, WrestleMania Sunday, Raw Monday, SmackDown Tuesday. It's going to be a tiring week, that. So, yeah, so your other notes that we have got. I'm going to go across here and we're talking about MSG to New Japan. Uh, New Japan, they've got three shows left on their World Tag League Tour. And there are four teams left that can potentially win the Tag League. That is the Gorillas of Destiny, that's Tamatonga and Tangaloa, Evil and Sonada, Ishii and Yano, and Archer and Davey Boy Smith Jr. So, they're the four teams left. Uh, they face one of the other teams on today's show. Which I believe, I don't know, I think it might have already took place. I've not had a chance to look. Uh, the final is on Sunday, so make sure you watch that. To you American listeners, I think it will be early hours of... I it'll be late Saturday night, early Sunday morning for you. For me, it's about Sunday morning, like 9am. 9, 9 so yeah, be sure to watch the fi- the finals of the Tag League. Um, also for Sunday's show is Kota Ibushi taking on Goto for the Never title. So that is an interesting match. Obviously, because if Ibushi can win the title, the rumour is he's got... Well, it's more than a rumour. If Ibushi wins that title, he's probably going to be defending it against Osprey in the Tokyo Dome, which, wow, that would just be brilliant. It would really make the Tokyo Dome show from a really, really, really good card to an amazing card. That match would be brilliant. Hopefully, Osprey's okay for that. Um, the Young Bucks will be appearing on that show, so for you Young Bucks fans, check that out. Uh, so you've got Young Bucks on the show, Ibushi against Goto, the finals of the Tag League, so be sure to check out that New Japan show Sunday morning. Um, I'm trying to think if I've got anything else, New Japan, I think that's pretty much it. Well, I'll be talking about that show 
in next week's wrestling newspaper. I might have a special show during the week, but possibly not, as I've got a really busy week on next week. But if not, we'll be talking about the New Japan Tag League final on next Friday's wrestling newspaper podcast. Um, I'm going to run through other notes, back to WWE, and obviously Vince McMahon officially announced the start of the new XFL, which is February 8th in 2020, so hopefully he'll stop worrying about Raw and booking Raw, but I can't see that happening, but yeah, XFL starts 2020. Um, what else have we got? Oh, another bit of news. We were talking about Rey Mysterio not building up the Orton feud. This, apparently, he wasn't on SmackDown because he was on the Raw tour of South America. So that explains why he wasn't on SmackDown. Um, we've got Alexa Bliss. She's still not cleared to wrestle, but she has been at the Performance Center taking bumps. So Alexa Bliss still not cleared, despite rumours that she was cleared. We can confirm she isn't cleared. Um Let's move. What other notes have we got? 205 Live, how can you believe this, was 16th in the charts of the most watched WWE Network shows from last week. 16th! That is incredible. NXT UK was 8th and 10th, respectively, for their two shows. Um, Mix Max Challenge was higher than that. The Edge and Christian show was higher than that. So that is worrying for 205 Live. 16th in the charts. It's a shame because it's a really good, it's a good show, but there's just that much content at the moment. It's hard to really, to really watch it. Oh, I don't mind 205 Live, but I really struggle to watch it, if I'm honest. Right. Also, we had an interesting story. I don't know if any of you listen to Talk is Jericho, but if you do, you'll have his podcast partner on that show sometimes. is Jack Slade. Um, Jack Slade suffered a broken collarbone at the hands of a drunk man who tried to jump on the Jericho tour bus after one of their shows uh, last week. Uh, he threw Jack Slade off the bus and broke his collarbone. So yeah, uh, Jericho attacked the man after this, but the man is currently being charged at the moment, so apparently Jericho took him out after he broke his mate's collarbone. But yeah, some idiots about, aren't they? Poor Jack Slade, he comes across a really nice guy as well on that podcast, but... Hey, things happen, but not good, not good. So, yes, yeah, so that's pretty much all your news and notes that I've ran down. Um, I think that's pretty much it. So, obviously, this weekend you've got a lot. I don't know if I don't really talk about UFC on this show, but I will be watching UFC Saturday night. But the big wrestling show of the weekend is the New Japan Pro Wrestling World Tag League on Sunday morning for everyone. So, we've ran through all the news and notes for you. It's not been the biggest uh, newsworthy week. Uh, I was going to talk about a tweet from a UK wrestler where he tweeted saying that he's staying loyal to the UK scene. Well, I am talking about it now. He's staying loyal to the UK scene and every UK wrestler jumped on his back and had a go at him. But I'm tired of talking about it. Let's move on. Everyone, they've made the decision. They've gone to NXT UK. Whatever. Let's get over it. Independent wrestling can go... UK independent wrestling can go one way. The, The wrestlers who sign for NXT UK can go the other. Let's get on with it. Hopefully there's not another massive raid on it, but do you know what I mean? Let's just move on about it. It's, what's done is done now. People can still be annoyed. Let's concentrate on UK wrestling, getting back, well, really recovering from this. And I'm sure it will. Check out the Fight Club Pro Show, as I said. Anyway, so yeah, so that's it. That's all your news and notes. As I say, it's been a bit of a... I don't feel like it's been the best show today. I don't know why. There's not been that much going on that I would have liked to. As I say, I've been really busy this week. I've tried to get you as much stuff on the show as I can. Um, Yeah, so I'll be back next week. 
just make sure you stay tuned into the New Japan show on Sunday. Watch that show Sunday. Show your support to New Japan, which are a great wrestling company. Um, but next weekend is the big weekend, really. The last big weekend of the year, as we have got Final Battle, which is a great card featuring Sabre against Jonathan Gresham. We've got the TLC pay-per-view, which is really looking like a decent card, you know. I really think that could be one of the better WWE pay-per-views of the year. We've got a New Japan show, the final show before the Tokyo Dome next weekend. So there are three big shows from Ring of Honor, WWE, and New Japan next weekend. We will preview all that for you on next week's wrestling newspaper. We'll be reviewing Raw and SmackDown go-home shows. We'll have all your news and notes from the week in wrestling. So next week's show, if I don't manage to do the midweek show, which I don't think I will, next week's show, episode 5 of the wrestling newspaper, is going to be a bumper edition. We're going to be previewing everything, reviewing Raw, reviewing SmackDown. So yeah, so I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. As I say, it's not been my, I don't feel like it's been my best one, but hey, it's been a bit of a nothing week. But I hope you've enjoyed it. Follow us on Twitter at WrestleNewsPAPR. Subscribe to us on iTunes by clicking the link on our Twitter. Subscribe to us on Podbean. Follow us. Review the podcast. I hope you're enjoying it. We're only going to get better. It's a big 2019 for the Wrestling Newspaper Podcast. So, yeah, I hope you join us next week for Episode 5 where we'll be previewing everything for you for next weekend. Thanks again. See you later. Thank you.